This episode of S2S Sports Network show on L4 Media is brought to you by Power Plus Mouthguard. They were essentially invented back in 1950 by a Canadian doctor to prevent chipping of teeth because professional football players and all the other football players had no face mask. Their teeth were being chipped and this is what it was designed for. That technology has not changed in 67 years other than colors, they put some holes in it, they've done some things to it. It has not done anything different other than prevent chipping teeth, period. It was absolutely time to make a change. Mouth guards, most people are familiar with, go on the upper arch. That is the stationary part of the skull. Nothing changes or moves on that. And the bite is determined by the mandible or the lower arch. So when you take uh, a mouth guard and you flip it over and put it on the lower arch, then you can position it in your physiologic jaw position. And it's important to uh, fit that appliance to each person to correct their physiologic discrepancy. If we can't solve concussions uh, for football, uh, there's growing sentiment from especially the mothers out there. I don't want to put my kid in a sport that hurts them. We have had only four concussions out of over 2,000 uh, athletes who have worn Power Plus mouth guard technology. Physiologic rest position is the new mouth guard. All other mouth guards are obsolete and should not be worn. Why do it when you can improve everything about it by using physiologic jaw position? It opens up a 100% muscle function, puts your muscles in its relaxed position so there's no inflammation and no swelling. The nerve information goes out to every muscle fiber and that's where you get increased strength and balance and performance. Why do fans care so much about rankings? In sports, I mean. I get it if you're buying a washing machine and you want to find the best washing machines of 2023. But in sports, especially sports that have a playoff system like football. Now, yes, college needs rankings. I get that. Uh, in college football, you, especially now, not as much as even before. Think about it before, back when, you know, you didn't even have a true national championship game. You'd have number one Texas playing in the Cotton Bowl and number two uh, Florida State playing in the Orange Bowl or something. But I'm talking about in, in high school football here in Texas, why do rankings bother fans so much when their team is not as high as they feel they should be? I, it, it just blows my mind because it's decided on the field. Now, I'm not saying I, I hate rankings or I, I think rankings are stupid. I enjoy rankings as a football fan and as a, a, a media guy. I enjoy rankings. I'm curious to see, you know, how other people stack teams up, especially when they're stacking the same teams up. I'm stacking. But for the fan – it goes past the fascination or an enjoyment. I mean, I, I have seen some angry, angry people when they feel that their team is not ranked where they feel they should be. And this isn't a rhetorical question at all. I genuinely would like to hear from you. So you can message us on our Facebook page, Sideline to Sideline. You can email me, txbroadcaster75 at gmail, terry at s2sport.com. Oh, and by the way, this is a new show. This is called Terry Talks. Um, sometimes it'll be Terry Talks About, where I'm talking about a subject. Uh, and sometimes it'll be Terry Talks With, where I'm talking to a, a person. Now, this will 
This is going to be more. First off, this isn't really going to be like a scheduled like every week, every other week. It's just going to be when when a subject or or, or something comes up that I really want to talk to or to somebody uh, that I really want to talk to, and it won't be like coaches. We we have those shows. Uh, it'll be like today. Well, I, I say that I'm talking to a coach today, but I'll get to that here in a second. Uh, but it'll be like today where I'm talking about rankings or having another media member on to talk about high school football, but more in a step back over the, you know, the, the, the grand picture types of conversations, not who's going to win region four two a, uh, you know, it's, it's more like talking about like school vouchers, uh, or rankings like I'm doing today, or if the playoffs change, or if, if we get a 7A, uh, things like that. Uh, and so this is the first episode of that. But going back to, I really do want to hear you know everybody's view on this. I'm not just asking this rhetorically. Why are rankings so important to you? Why do fans get so mad uh, if their team is not as high as they think they should be? And I'm not obtuse to it. I grew up loving high school football. I grew up with a, in a town that had a good history but was well before my time. But then in the time that I was there, got really, really good. And so I get it. I remember the first time that I cracked open the paper, as Grant likes to say, and I saw Marshall ranked in the top 10 in 5A. It was a thrill. But I also don't ever remember being mad because they didn't go higher than I thought that, that I thought they should. In fact, if nothing else, in 96, I thought they were ranked way too high when they were like top three in the nation. But I just never have gotten why people get mad when their team is not ranked where they think they should, when the rankings have nothing to do with where their team will end up in the season. And, you know, Grant and I, when we started the show, we never did rankings till, you know, till a couple years ago. Uh, now, we did the tier talk back in the 2014s or 2013, I think, is when we started it. And we still do do the tier stuff, but we kind of, for some reason, I don't think it was intentional. I think, honestly, you know, the whole thing about 2020 just changed everything. Our whole off-season off and off-season programs were completely, you know, basically scrunched into two weeks uh, because of, we didn't even know we were going to have a season. And, and so in 21 and 22, we just didn't get back to this. We are going to try our best to do a tier show this season or this offseason. Uh, now, again, if you don't remember, a tier, tier one is a team that's going to, you know, play for state. Uh, the, the region final is the, is, is the, you know, that should be a, at, at least where they go. And then tier two are teams that, Hey, if, if the, if, if there's an upset or if the bracket breaks, right. Yeah. They're really good. And they could easily be a team that ends up playing in Arlington or region three or, or tier three was, you know, you're just happy to be in the playoffs or I think, no, no tier three was a dark horse. And then region or tier four, keep saying regions, uh, tier four was uh, then considered uh, just happy to be in the playoffs. Now, tier three and tier four, I think we did that for one or two years and we stopped. We just focused on tier one and tier two. And the reason we like doing it that way, and I still I still prefer that, is you're not you're not trying to separate teams, you know, one, two, three. You're 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 grouping teams because to me that's the the, the easier well, I don't want to say easier like it's a cop-out. I think it's the better way. I think grouping teams together is is a better, more valid way to talk about the talents and how good they are compared to other teams 
than trying to go in numerical one, two, three, four. Especially in today's era uh, where we have the divisions. And, and so, I mean, you go past the top six teams in the divisions and you're starting to get into just a muck where the difference between the 13th place team, if you're doing a top 20 poll, I guess technically a top 16 poll, a, a, you know, a top 16 poll, the difference between the 13th place team and the ninth place team is is just arbitrary. And again, so that's go that goes back to why I don't understand why fans get so heated about the rankings. It's all arbitrary. It, it, it's it's all supposed to be fun. Well, it's all supposed to get clicks and views, and and me talking about it, and you listening about it. Uh, but I, I just still, it just amazes me how rankings can dictate how people feel about their football program, or or how how personally mad they get. And I'm not kidding. I've seen people really, really, really mad about them. And I talk about all this because on this episode today, I'm going to have a ranker. But this is going to be a little bit different. And some of this I didn't even know until I started talking to him. But we're going to be talking to the guy that does Fizz Rankings. And you can find them on Twitter, at Fizz Rankings. They research and rank uh, all the football programs 6A down. uh, And they do it by a five-year window. And it's it's a rotating five years. So it's not like every five years they look back at the five years you're always as this like as 2022 ended five years ago dropped off 2023 started and you, you, you get the point and so it's always rotating it's a yearly thing now I assume that he did rankings just like anybody else he was a guy who was in the media or just enjoyed talking high school football and, and he came up with a unique way and it's a very unique way it's it, again five-year dynasties it's rated by how the program has been for five years. The 25-year tradition, how the head coaching, academics, and facilities all stack up. Now, state championships matter, but if you notice, it doesn't necessarily say how many state champions because in his rankings, the five years, it's better to be great or or really, really good all five years than to be great one year, win state, and then the next four years barely make the playoffs. And that part I love because consistency to me is more important as far as when you're gauging this kind of stuff, especially in a five-year window. Well, then I find out that he's a coach. And I actually found that out in 2020, but we never did an interview. And so kind of coming back to this, I wanted to start this series after we moved over this new network and I have this freedom to do more shows like this. I wanted to start this series where I just, you know, I talk about stuff and and this was a great way to start. And so I reconnect with him and like, hey, let's get this going. And so then I find out this part yesterday, or I say yesterday, I recorded this last week. Um, I found out this part when I recorded this with him that, yeah, he's a coach, but these rankings weren't originally for the fan. They were for quote coaches. Coaches, as I almost said, <laughs> but they were for other coaches. And it wasn't for, I mean, yeah, it was about the success of the program, but it was more of, hey, if you see that there's a job opening at Team A or School A, you have this ranking system that you can go look and see where that team is on the ranking system, not just on how, how much they've won, but basically when you think about it as a coach, what are you looking for? You're looking for tradition, you're looking for talent. Head coaching, you know, if you're not the head coach, 
how does the school do academically and the facilities? Because all that matters when you're a coach. And that blew my mind. I had never thought about the fact that this might be, or any ranking might be set up to not be for the fan, but to be for somebody else. And for the fact that it's for coaches and the fact that it was coaches that kind of told him, hey, you need to make this public. This is pretty cool. Uh, I, I've absolutely loved that story, and it just makes me – Fizz rankings are one of the ones I, I look forward to because they're off-season. It's going to give you something to do in the off-season. And I like his release schedule where he starts, and it's it's a daily thing until he's done. Um, I, I do wish, as he listens, I do wish there was a little bit more of a uh, – of, a, of kind of a, a, a recap or something, you know, because when you're doing that, like, well, perfect example, it, it's I'm looking right now from uh, June 19th, top 10, 5A, Division two five-year dynasties. Number 10 is Midlothian Heritage, 84 overall. I would like a little bit of a of a synopsis of why, not just the, the rankings, but of hey, Midlothian Heritage since they've come up, they've done that, you know, they started in four, blah blah blah. That's the only small knock I have. Other than that, these rankings are absolutely perfect. I love the five year part. I love the twenty five year being a big part because I still think that that matters. Um, and, and then again, I love the fact that it was just for coaches. So we're going to take a break. And when I come back, Fizz Rankings will be joining me here on Terry Talks on S2S Sports Network, part of L4 Media. Here at L4 Media, we talk high school football, 4A, 3A, and 2A in Texas. We talk East Texas sports. We talk NFL, guy talk, movie, and booze. We also talk wrestling and so much more. Like Terry Bennett back here on S2S Sports, part of L4 Media Company. I'm now joined on the phone uh, by the guy that has created a, a ranking system that I think is very unique compared to all other ranking of high school football in the state of Texas. It's, it's not a yearly thing. It's not even a couple years. It's a five-year window. And we're now joined by Fizz of Fizz Rankings. You can find them on Twitter, at Fizz Rankings. And before we begin, just kind of explain what your ranking system is. All right, Terry. Well, um, I did. I do I do want to congratulate you, though, on your, your podcast. I, I listened to a few of your podcasts. Thank you. Um, and you got it going up in April. So I want to throw that out there. Congratulations on promoting Texas high school football. It's a big, big thing for all of us here, but... Uh, just to answer your question, how how it got started, um, I'm a coach, uh, I, I current coach, and um, when I started coaching, I wanted to um, I wanted to land in a good a good area, and one of the things I heard a lot were, um, "Oh, I got good kids over there. You can go work over there." Or I'd ask questions about the coaches. Oh, they're good people, you know. And I I'd, I heard that a lot, and I was I was hesitant. I was a little bit older than college age. It was second second occupation if you will and so i just i decided to to look up some of the area coaches and you know i i, I liked what i saw and i i was actually pretty interested in where it's leading and um i, I kind of did that for the area and then i thought you know why not do it for another area why not do it around another big city and another big city and then next thing i know i'm got this big old spreadsheet if you will of of schools across texas and i just decided, heck, I got 500, might as well get the, the other 1,000. And so it became a labor of love and interest, and um, it's just something that's built for about a decade now. And that's, well, 
that's kind of how it started where it's going right now. You can see on Twitter, it's, it's kind of just like you said, the five year recaps. It's not predictive. It's not, it's not a, a preseason poll. It's, it's kind of like a, Hey, tip your hat. And I look, um, I, I get a chance to post about Austin Vandergrift a lot. And, uh, I love their saying, they say, um, hats off, um, to the past and sleeves up to the future. And, and I think they nail it, um, with the purpose of these rankings. And it's just, it's a salute. It's a salute to the great programs across the state and, and the great things that Texas high school football is doing. Well, and, and I just, the, the most interesting thing about that, and I didn't even know until we got on the phone was that, you know, I just assumed you were, I knew you were a coach, but I just assumed you were like, Hey, I'm just doing rankings like everybody else does. But for the fact that you started it out to help yourself with coaching jobs, but also going for, you know, going forward from, you said it was like 2014 of doing the same thing for, you know, other coaches, what made you decide to make it public and not just be something you were kind of doing for yourself or your other coaching friends. So it, it was a private, it was a private thing. Um, I wasn't interested in, in making this public because you start throwing some names out there and you start telling them they're a poor program or they're a good <laughs> program. And you start, you kind of start double crossing people. And I didn't, I don't have any intentions of that, but what ended up happening was in the coaching office, um, kind of doing some summer scout and planning for playoff opponents and whatnot. And it came up and I said, Hey, I know a little about, about this team. I know a little about, about the, the culture and the community. And they're how do you know all this? And I kind of bashfully had to admit <laughs> that I had, you know, this, this huge wealth of knowledge and years go by and, and people are telling me friends and family and, or, or not family, but friends and coaches are, you know, Hey, you got to get this out there. This is awesome stuff. And so I took a I took a dive and took a leap of faith, and so far it's really good. I think it's a really positive thing for Texas high school football, and and I think that's the whole point of both of our platforms is to continue to promote it. Well, and what I like about what your rankings do, and we'll break down the, the how you do this, but it's a five year window, and it's not just what you do on the field, but it, it's also what your what your rankings as your facilities, your academics, and then what I like is yeah. you have the five year window, but then you also have what's the twenty five year window, and I really like that you tie those two in. Yeah, so I initially wanted to post about genera- generational talent. I was so interested in the 25-year window. At the end of my first year, it's kind of just a, a little poll I put out to the 50 people that were hitting the like button, but they all selected the five-year window, and I was like, this is bogus. Five years doesn't show anything, but hey, that's what the people want. Um, and so I stuck with the five-year window, but I do have I do have any, any year window practically, but I do pay attention to the 10-year window and and of course, the generational, the 25-year. And I picked the 25-year because that's a generation. That's a generation yes. of talent. So that's, to me, defined as tradition. Uh, there's a little bit more that goes into the five-year window, too, uh, in the coaching community. When I started it, you got to go back, but it was the Kyler Murray and the Rashad Paul days of, of Bremond and Allen. And, yep. um, you know, yeah, Allen was really good. Yeah, Bremond was really good. But guess what? Uh, four years later... Those two had to graduate, so I thought five years was a good idea because guess what, coach? You get to do it again, and how good are you? And that, So that was the challenge, so five-year window is where it is. And, and you're right. I do do different aspects, and I, I, do, I do believe that it, it takes a village to have a good program. It, take, it does take the tradition. It does take um, the head coach. It does take the academics, the seriousness in the classroom. 
um, and, and, the, and, and the community. And it definitely does take the facilities to promote and, and you know, withstand the test of time and, and, and become a quote-unquote dynasty. And I think a dynasty is laughable. You kind of think of the Cowboys when you think about dynasties. But um, that's just kind of the word I threw out there. And, and I think we use program. We got a good program. Um, but, you know, here we are. Well, were you surprised by once it started coming going public and more people were starting to find it? Have you been surprised at some of the things that maybe fans are mad at? You and I were just talking about one of the programs they didn't like where you had their head coach. And, you know, you've got to explain, not you, but for people that don't know, you're not saying that coach now, that's his star rating. You're saying for the last five years, and it could be one coach, two coaches, four coaches, they all are a part of that rating. Ranking. You know, that's that's one surprise. One of the biggest surprises is how quickly how quickly a, a community will uh, ad, uh, forget about a previous year. Yes, um, and there are there are plenty of really good programs right now that have have won two or three straight state championships. Have been four or five rounds deep for the past three years, but they they quickly forget about the fourth and the fifth year and. And I think I, I learned this from the coach that, you know, that kind of grew me in my younger days. But um, he kind of always told us, "Hey, harder for longer." And uh, if you're if you're a music buff, it's it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. So I, I do value that aspect of college of, of Texas high school football because you can jump around and you can move around and and, and you can you can have a really good year and then and then bottom out. Um, there's plenty of programs that do that. But I, I value and the coaches around me value um, harder for longer. Are you going to be around in, in the fifth year? Are you going to be around in the seventh year? And so that's the, that's the perspective. Yeah, I mean, we, we always talk about it on our show, and we've had for the 16 years we've been doing this, that you, you have mm-hmm. two types of programs. You have a program that reloads, and then you have a program that rebuilds, and a, a, a team like Brock reloads. And then you'll have a team that you know comes out of nowhere because they have that special class. I, I'll go all the way back to the early 2000s in Cayuga. Cayuga won three state championships. Oh, yeah. They won three baseball state championships. I think they went to two basketball because they had a, a, a class that was just absolutely special. And then once they graduated, Cayuga's made the playoffs like five times in 15 years. I know. I know. So when you think, I think one of go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. Oh, I was going to say, I think one of the hidden recipes, um, and this is why I promote it is, um, is the strength of the, of the student. Cause we, they are student athletes in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what made me uh, invest a lot of time into academic rankings, because uh, what I what I found over over coaching at multiple different places is uh, if you got good teachers, and this is something that every coach knows. If you're if you're a good coach, you're going to be a good teacher, and vice versa. If you're a good teacher, you're going to be a good coach. So it's it's almost a testament to the the reason why we're here uh, as coaches is to educate, and the reason why we're doing what we're doing is because we love the children that were around, not just on the football field, but, uh, you know, you also hold them accountable in, in the schoolhouse. And so I found, um, just looking at this stuff from a, a numbers perspective with no intimate relationship with any school, but I have found that the, that the schools that invest, uh, invest time and, and focus into academics are the, are the schools that generally stick around and generally have the, um, have the sustained success, if you will. 
No, I, I totally agree, and, and I do think it's a little looking through all the the people replying. Hardly anybody talks about what their academic rating is, but you're exactly right. Especially, and again, for for me that covers four A and below, you, you lose one kid, it can completely derail your season. If you lose a kid to grades, and now of course it's harder now to lose kids to grades because they allow a lot more different overlapping of like how many grades you get in a season. But still, academics not only being eligible but just being smart and, and being able to, to decipher stuff on the football field because we're in an era now where high school kids have to process way more on the football field than they did even when I was playing back in the, in the early 90s, late 80s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I totally agree. And no, go ahead. Just to, just, to, just to add to that for a bit, you know, if you want to kind of turn to the next ranking and facilities, uh, I see some really phenomenal communities investing in their children and the facilities. And I want to, I wanted to honor that this year. I've had facility rankings. I wasn't quite sure if it was something that should be released, but you see some of the phenomenal facilities across the state. Uh, I could pick any region and just talk about them, but Refurio, I just, one of the smallest little towns in Texas and they have committed so much to their athletic program and to promote their athletes. That's, that's a humongous tip of the hat. And that's something that I wish I could shake the school board members hands of and, and saying, look at you. Good for you. Giving your, giving your students, giving your athletes an opportunity to feel welcome and to feel uh, appreciated and, and to feel as if they really do represent your community. Um, so there's all these little small towns across Texas, two, a three, a four, a if I'm in, I'm into the six man rankings now. Uh, some of those that are five stars in the six man rankings on my Twitter feed, their 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 <laughs> facilities are ridiculous. Yeah, Franken, the Red Devils, um, they are just. I I just once again I tip my hat to the adults because the amount of support they give their students and the amount of love they give their students, it's just amazing. And that's something every every child, every every young man or young girl should, young woman should should experience when they're growing up in their formative years. So. I want to applaud them for their facilities, too. Yeah, I mean, you know... It, it, you can say it's a sad state, but it's just true. You've got to spend money to win. You, you don't have – there are a lot of programs that I have been around that have all the talent, but they have none of the support, whether it be moral, financial, academic, and those teams don't win. If you mm. took that same team, moved them over to a different town mm-hmm. that would support them, you would see a completely different uh, arc of that team. And whether it's fair or not, you've got to have the facilities. You've got to have the academics. And, and those are the foundations before you even get on the field that starts the success of the programs. I love it, Terry. I love what you're saying. I totally agree with you. And you say it, you say it from a different perspective, but I totally agree with you um, on all that. I did, I did want to mention at some point that, uh, you know, I can, do, I can do all these facets of rankings, but I can also look into regions. I can also look into uh, decades and, like I mentioned before, generations of talent. I can I can look upon past coaches, and that's one of the biggest questions I get from from fellow coaches is, oh, you remember that guy from the '80s? What was his ranking? And it's awesome because I can pull it up and I can tell him like, hey, your dad, by the way, your dad was about an '88 as a head coach, and you should see the the bright the, the faces of his daughters or his, his sons, and just man, I knew my dad was great, and that's an awesome aspect too for the people that know me personally that that can have that information, and that's. That's what it's all about. That's that's Texas high school football. 
Well, I was going to ask you, when you're doing these rankings and, and you know, you're starting out, and I know you've already got a basis because you're, you're basically you're doing this every year, but it's for a five-year window. Do, do you reach out and talk to other people about, like, you know, like what do you think of this program and, and what they're doing, or is this all just on what you see? I have a few connections. I don't have a deep I don't have a deep set of connections like you as a as a podcaster as a as an actual real character in life. So <laughs> I do have connections at at multiple levels. Uh, I mentioned I think three A, four A, five A, six A are the levels I've coached at. I've I've also officiated, so I've, I've seen a lot of towns. I've, I've met a lot of people, and I, I kind of have I, I guess an, uh, an amateur thumbprint on on this aspect. Um, but I, I do reach out to other people, and I do reach out to, to coaches that are close to me that I feel comfortable telling them about this this bashful hobby I have. But um, I think just like I said, I've been saying over and over again, the bottom line is to recognize recognize the top ten the top ten teams. And and this year I've started to to post top twenty five teams. Kind of hesitant because the rankings get a little bit low. Yeah, uh, it is statistics. I, I'm I, I'm a math teacher, so I I. I really do know statistics very well and these are statistically balanced if you will uh numbers so you just to let the listeners know the five-star rankings are only the top 2.3 percent so you're looking at only about 30 32 coaches programs facilities that get a five-star ranking so it's very rare across 1500 teams to get a five-star ranking so um i i wish i could call every coach and tell them in a nutshell, you know, congratulations. Like it's so rare. It's so rare to make it to the playoffs. It's so rare to to make it to a state championship game. It's so rare to do it again. It's so rare to do it again. It's even more rare, in my opinion, as a, as a, as a math teacher statistician to, to earn a five-star ranking that, um, it's hall of fame status, if you will. Um, if, if I had a, uh, if I had my hand in that hat for (laughs) hall of fame votes, I think I'd just go down my five stars and call it a day. Yeah, I mean, when I'm looking right now at the like 4A Division Two, and you've got three five stars, uh, all of them from East Texas: Carthage, Pleasant Grove, and Kilmer. Uh, all Boy, th- that's rare. Yeah, that, yeah, that is rare. We could spend a good hour talking about that right there. Well, and you know, I'm from East Texas, so so I I, I, I know uh, these yeah. programs well. But when and, you know, when you look at a Gilmer, they're a five star, yet they haven't won state in the last what five six years. Uh, it's not just yeah, winning uh, state; it's being consistent and getting to the state championship and getting deep into the playoffs. It's not thank just you. winning it. It is. It is as a coach. It is tearfully like heartbreakingly difficult to to win in the playoffs and win on top of that multiple games in the playoffs. So sometimes I, I want to, to my audience that sometimes like to argue and go tit for tat about, well, they got second and they got first. I'm like, man, if y'all, if y'all only knew what November, December felt like, mm-hmm. there's so much that goes to it. You know, November, December, it's not just football, it's basketball season too. And your families miss you and, and you're, you're finishing up finals exams and gosh, just to make it, I watch those games on, on TV and at and t Stadium, and I just think what the kids and what the coaches are going through right now, they're doing finals, they're doing half of them are in basketball season, the other half are prepping for baseball season. It's just, but they're still all in and they're, they're actually there. Talk about wear and tear. And I, at that point, I don't care if you get first or second. You made it. Holy cow. Uh, but sometimes I do get the tip for tat, and, and you're right. It's, it's hard. It's very hard to make it to the playoffs 
It's very hard to do it over a sustained amount of times. And you're right, Gilmer hasn't won. But guess what? They have dominated fourth, fifth round appearances, third round appearances, year in and year out. That's the tip of the hat to everybody in that community. Here at L4 Media, we talk high school football, 4A, 3A, and 2A in Texas. We talk East Texas sports. We talk NFL, guy talk, movie, and booze. We also talk wrestling and so much more. Like and subscribe to our YouTube channel at L4 Media Company. Terry Bennett back here on Terry Talks 2 and I guess about in this episode as we talked about the rankings and we talked to Fizz rankings about his rankings. And, and like I said, I just find his a fascinating thing because it's not just simply about, you know, who's the best team on the field and this this is for the fans. Uh, it, it's literally a way for coaches to gauge uh, the job that they want, or, or at least want to li- look at certain programs, and so we do appreciate him for joining us. And, and that's what this episode—that's what this show, I mean, is going to be like. Uh, I'm talking to a couple of other media members about coming on, but we're not going to be talking about like 2023 football, like you know, let's talk Gilmer. We're going to be talking about more overarching issues, uh, situations, things, thoughts about Texas high school football. Um, like I said, like if if and when, and I think it's more of when they go to a seven a. That's something you talk about. Um, talking about vouchers for private schools. That's something you talk about. And I don't mean politically, like you know, uh, yay or nay. Just the effect that they will would have on Texas high school football because it would be a huge, huge impact. You know, Texas is one of the few states that the public schools still completely, I don't want to say few states, but they're one of the states that, you know, it's public school 1A, 2A, if we're talking rankings, ha, ha, ha. And then private school, which has come up over the last 10 years or so in Texas, but they're still backseat to uh, public school football. As far as when you think of the the fans of and Friday Night Lights and all that, it's the small town Texas teams. So topics like that, I think, are perfect for this show. And like I said, this isn't going to be a show that it's going to be out every week. or It's going to be when I feel the need to talk to or have a, somebody I want to talk to. And that way, you don't, if you don't force the show, then you don't start forcing subjects, in my opinion. Now, if it comes out to where there's just enough stuff to talk about every week, well, then, yeah, we'll think about making it weekly in the offseason. I don't know if I'll do it in the in, in regular season uh, just because of the time and how many other shows we will be doing uh, this year. But maybe, you know, if something big happens, y'all remember a few years ago when the football player hit the official, that was a pretty big thing. That would probably be something we might talk about. But other than that, I do appreciate you joining me for this inaugural episode of, and again, I thank uh, Mr. Fizz for his Fizz rankings. Again, you can find him on Twitter at Fizz Rankings. That is F-I-Z-Z Rankings. Um, if you follow us on uh, Sideline to Sideline, just go to our profile and you can find them there as well. Um, and of course, this show is going to be posted on Twitter, so you can just click it there. Uh, but I-, I thought that was very insightful. And again, if you have any questions, thoughts, or comments for me, email them to me, txbroadcaster75 at gmail. Or you can email them to my uh, S2S email, terry at s2ssport.com. Find us at s2ssport.com or on Facebook. Uh, just type in Sideline to Sideline or L4 Media or both, like both of us. Uh, man, our, our Sideline to Sideline Facebook page has been blowing up. We're about to hit 8,000 
subscribers or likes, whatever you call it, 16,000 total people follow us. Our YouTube channel, wow. Uh, over the last 28 days, we've gotten 21,000 views. And a lot of that's the outdrink, the coverage stuff where we're talking, you know, Dallas Cowboys, NFL, me and intern Noe. But you also have Off the Ropes talking wrestling from the Disrespect Sports Network. Check them out. If you like wrestling, they're fun. And then I put these shows on as well. Uh, I've got Coach Clay Baker and uh, on the On the Move uh, series where we're talking to coaches who've moved from a job to another job in 4A, 3A, and 2A. So check out our uh, YouTube channel at l4 media company like and subscribe to it a to, so you know when content comes out also because it really really does help us as we try to get that channel to where we can start getting national advertising brands and all that kind of fun stuff you know you, you've got to be able to diversify in today's multimedia world and, and that was one of the reasons why grant and i came over here is because we're, we're being allowed to do that and, and so help us out y'all are following us over amazingly and we appreciate that our numbers are amazing and we really appreciate that uh so help us out by liking and subscribing to our youtube channel at l4 media all right well that's going to do it for this episode of terry talks to about what who knows right here on the s2s sports network